said last Lord's Day that we would probably uh, probably would preach this sermon that I preached in uh, at uh, Old Enon uh, Primitive Baptist Church, and uh, the title I've entitled it. Uh, ask a question, to whom will God show His glory? Uh, base that, uh, started out in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and I think all of us know what that says. Uh, all have done what? Sinned. Sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I said up there, I don't think it would be doing harm to that Scripture to say that all have sinned in coming short of the glory of God. Why did Abraham, I meant, uh, Adam and Eve sin? Well, we could give a lot of different reasons, of course, but the ultimate was is they simply did not see the glory of God. They were thinking of themselves and thinking of themselves in the glory of God or as having the same glory as God. For God doth know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So, the whole thing of sin comes down to not seeing the glory of God. Uh, someone may also say, well, that we don't appreciate, we see the glory of God, but don't appreciate the glory of God. And I don't believe that's possible. Right. I, I don't, I, I'm positive that if a person ever is shown the true glory of God, he cannot help but believe and worship God Amen. because his glory is that great. Amen. But Again, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to belabor the point to any great extent, but uh, I believe that it was necessary for God to show His glory. I don't believe that His glory could remain, as it were, hidden forever. Now, Again, God is eternal, and time is non-existent with God, except as He has cut off a certain part of eternity to accommodate the human race. But... It's impossible, I believe, it was impossible for God not to show His glory. Uh, In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, we find that that Christ sets forth as far as the church is concerned. He says, A city that's set on a hill 
cannot be hid. And then he gives also an example of you, you don't light a candle to put it under a bushel, in other words, to hide its light. Well, if that principle applies to the church, then how much more so does that principle apply to God? How can, how can such glory not be shown? Understand? impossible for it not to. Now again, we, we, we can't comprehend God's thinking much less uh, can, we, can we comprehend His time in this. Why was God's glory not manifest to a creation always. I can't answer that question. It's impossible for us to do. But nevertheless, uh, God created for the very purpose of showing forth His glory. Now, uh, we might say, well, you know, he created the angels. Why couldn't he just show his glory to his angels? Well, you know, I don't really have an answer to that either, except that he didn't. Right. The angels desire to look into that glory of the church. Right? Uh, he tells us that in Ephesians. <clears throat> it, that, that the angels desire to look into these things. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they can't fully comprehend these things because they do not have God as the Savior from sin like we do. So consequently, again, he had to have some, something, someone to show for his glory to. Now, I've got a whole list of scriptures here that, that, uh, that answers the question, if the glory we have cannot be hid, how much more so God's glory? Uh, we're not, not going to take the time to read all of those today, but uh, uh, it, it's evident to us we really don't need all those scriptures read. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, because we understand it from the standpoint of the sinner, and we understand that God did create all things for His glory. Uh, oh, that's right. And, and that's the point right there. That, you know, the people who were, or even Christians, can't understand why God would create somebody and not save them. It right. doesn't make sense to them and they don't believe in no. reprobation. They don't. But just a couple of scriptures, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 16, 
It says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Uh, it doesn't matter what it was that was created, but and all things that exist have to be had to be created. They did not exist in time before in eternity. I guess I should say that they did not exist in eternity uh, before God created. Only God Himself existed then. I, I think we're all aware of that and agree that that is so. Uh, Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 it says, Thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for Thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they were or they, excuse me they are and were created it's all for God's pleasure but it's to his everlasting glory that these come and the truth of it is again all have sinned and come short of that glory and this really is the great sin. Why? Well, because it outshines the sun. The the, the glory is so immense that it literally outshines the sun. And again, I think that's uh, uh, coming short of really expressing the fullness of it. I don't think there's any words. When you say son, you're talking about the S-U-N. S-U-N, yeah. Uh, In other words, as Isaiah 24, 23 talks about the son being ashamed at his appearance. So, uh, man ought to see the glory of God and to a degree, he does see it. Yes. He sees the glory of God in the commandments. J.T., he saw the glory of God there on Mount Sinai to a degree. Yeah. Uh, but he couldn't stand that glory. He, he couldn't. He, he just could not abide that glory. And, and it's still that way today, because man has the law of God written where in his heart. Yeah, in his heart, his conscience yeah. bearing him witness, right? Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Lord, put that conscience in there too. That's it. That, that's this is his glory. Now again, someone would would say, well, the Bible says that uh, sin is a transgression of the law. And and certainly it is. But why do they transgress the law? Because they 
see no glory in it. It, it is, in fact, a, a, a it repulses them. Uh, they, they, one thing, they're literally terrified of it, like those Jews, the, the Israelites, there at the foot of Mount Sinai. Why did they say, "Speak to us no more"? Let, let, we, we can't, we can't abide the word of God. Mm-hmm. It is too glorious for us to have anything to do with it. Same reason man couldn't go before God in his own purpose, person. Right. It is too glorious. And uh, again, we go back to that first chapter of Ezekiel. Uh, there, we are told, Ezekiel tells us that uh, all that he saw there of those wheels and those flames of fire and, and all of that, this was the appearance of the what? Mm-hmm. The glory of God. In the third chapter, verse 23, it says, Then I arose and went forth into the plain, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there as the glory which I saw by the river Chebar. Right. And what happened? He said, and I fell upon fell on my face. And so it is also with everybody that sees the glory of God. You see, it, it brings us down in humility. Uh, the, the law is the essence, if you will, of the glory of God. How is God going to appear? He is not flesh and blood, but He is spirit. spirit. He is a spirit. In other words, God outside of the God-man, Jesus Christ, has no bodily appearance. Right. It's not I mean, uh, we we dress ourselves up, and you know, we comb our hair, and and uh, the ladies put on all the makeup, you know, and all of the we go to all of this trouble to show forth, as it were, our glory, mm-hmm. how nice, beautiful we look, and all of that. But God, no. No wonder it says uh, concerning Jesus, he shall grow up as a root out of a dry ground, right? And he shall have no form but comeliness that we should desire him. In other words, his glory is not in his looks. I don't care how many pictures they paint of Jesus and and with all that flowing hair and all of this this good-looking face and you know and all this stuff that they go to such great lengths to to make him beautiful, mm-hmm. that's not his beauty. Right. And then they want no good at all. They just keep yeah. this on. But but <clears throat> we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus, right? right. But that glory is. To do his will. That's the goal, sir. 
But now, you know, again, the question is, to whom will God show this book? Well, surely He showed it to Abraham, right? Especially, you see, when He went up on that mount. What mount did He go up on? Mount Moriah, right? Right. Uh, the the place that and he 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 there prepared Isaac as an offering a sacrifice to God in the very place that later on the temple was to stand. But God stopped His hand really at the last instant. He stopped him. And the angel of the Lord made this statement, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Well, what is going to be seen? Well, ultimately it's the glory of God in the sacrifice of His Son. This is the ultimate glory of God is Christ crucified, the hope of glory. Glory. Right. This is this is it. But Abraham saw the glory of God at least to the extent, and surely Isaac saw it, uh, else would he have been so compliant? Hmm in his own, as it were, execution, mm-hmm. his own sacrifice. But certainly, again, Moses saw it, didn't he? Yeah. In Exodus chapter 33, that was his request of God, show me thy glory. And God said, I will, but he didn't use the word glory. Right. He used this phrase, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will have compassion upon whom I will have compassion. Now the apostle expands that a little bit in the ninth chapter of Romans, when he said, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy and whom I will I harden. So this, this is the glory of God. But Bruce, as you said earlier, men hate that. They hate it. And why? Because they are uh, full of pride. Full of pride. It condemns them. But you know, every man that's saved, every person that's saved has to come first into condemnation. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. He has to know he's a sinner. He has to know, yes, that he's a sinner. He has to know that he has come short of the glory of God, that he has not seen God in his truth. Light. Right. So, this, uh, uh, 
Abraham saw something of the glory of God, so did Isaac, so did Moses. But you know, of all the people in the Scripture that uh, that the Scripture talks about, Jacob is the most uh, is chosen by God to be the most prominent. And it's interesting, and again, uh, Abraham. Uh, is mentioned 250 times in 230 verses according to the Esau. Yeah, Esau. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of times, isn't it? Sure mm-hmm. is. Isaac's only mentioned 132 times in 123 verses. But Jacob is mentioned 377 times in 345 verses, almost as much as both Abraham and Isaac put together. Now you say, well, what's the significance of that? Well, let me back up again a little bit and say this. Also, God of Abraham, the, 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 the phrase God of Abraham is mentioned 17 times. The God of Isaac is mentioned 8 times and the God of Jacob 25 times. Now, I'm not trying to belittle Abraham and Isaac in any way, but I'm truthfully trying to, to point out that Jacob was the, the, really the most prominent of the, the uh, early believers, if you will, the patriarchs uh, in the Bible. Uh, and you know, it's an interesting thing how that uh, everybody that, that that's preaches anything about Jacob, they point out all of his faults. Right. They major on pointing out all of Jacob's faults. Oh, he, he was a supplanter, a, a deceiver. And he was. But he was also complete, complicit. He obeyed his mother. With, yes, with Rachel, yeah. Children obey your parents. Yeah. But you know, when you back up and look at Abraham, how many faults did Abraham have? Mm. Well, he, he lied about Sarah twice. Yeah, twice he did. Yeah. And how about? Uh, Isaac, he did the same thing. He did the same thing, but he also, he loved Esau more than he loved Jacob. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Esau was his favorite. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> no wonder they collaborated against him to get the blessing. Right. Mm-hmm. For Jacob. I guess they had to, or we saw what Now, again, you know, there's some things that we just don't understand about the mind of God. 
Now, let's, let's just face it. Sure. But, you know, we could ask the question, well, well you know, couldn't God have, have uh, seen uh, through all of that and, and overcome everything, every, every hindrance, every object to see that Jacob received the blessing the way that he, God intended for it to be? And the answer is yes. He could have. But he didn't. And, and so, we have the Word of God, but what does it all mean to us? And I'm saying that God is showing to us through this to whom He will show His glory. It's not to the wise right it's not to the mighty right mm -hmm. so Christ uh, died for sinners if we go to first Corinthians right mm -hmm. chapter one for you see your calling verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen who? The foolish. Yeah, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. And base things of the world and things that are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should what? Should glory in His presence. In other words, the short answer to whom will God show His glory, it is those that have been brought to understand and realize that only God has glory and not any to the creature. I am the Lord, right? That is my name and my glory will I not give unto another neither my praise to graven images. Now, it's really, it's really all summed up in three words. Isaiah 41, verse 14. What does Isaiah 41, verse 14, what kind of wisdom is there in this verse of Scripture. Fear not. And what's the next phrase? Thou worm. Thou worm. Does that offend you? 
I remember someone saying it highly offended him. I don't remember who that was, but. <laughs> uh, we seen that sometimes, of course, uh, in one of, in our hymn, it's been changed, hasn't it? From thou worm to thou sinner. Why? Why would they change that rule, Jerry? It's offensive to them, and, and, and they don't want it in there. Yeah. They're so think that they're a worm. Very they're no, no better than one of those worms that if you see it in the ground, you will step on it and smash it. They don't want to believe it. No, no, they do, don't want to believe it. But why, why are they so offended by it? I helpless them. They're helpless. A worm is helpless. But, yeah, it's helpless. It, it's 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 nothing. But they do not want to acknowledge that God is better than He's the only one. That's glorious. I've come to realize that the most difficult thing that any man ever does or can do is to fully realize that God is God is the only one that's glorious and that he himself is alone. The same God that created you also created the worm. Thou worm, Jacob. Now God could have said that same thing see about Abraham and Isaac. He could have said it about David. He could have said it about the Apostle Paul or Peter or James or John. But when he said, Thou worm Jacob, all of God's people, you see, were included in that because, again, Jacob, he was the progenitor of the twelve tribes, or he was the progenitor of Israel. You and I today are Israel. Right. That's right. So in Jacob, we have our heritage, right? Right. So you and I are included in that. And so we, what have we to boast? As the Apostle Paul asked that question, you see, of the church at Corinth, right? What dost thou have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why do you boast as though you had not received it? Amen. In other words, again, salvation 
is by faith through uh, by grace through faith, right? It is the gift of God, and it's the gift of God. See, you see, through election. Now, as we've discussed here before, uh, we know why we were saved. Amen. The purpose for our being saved is to glorify God. Amen. Right? Now, none of us know how God came to elect or choose us. Amen. Right? right? Amen. We don't know. Will we ever know? I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, he just did. Satisfied his pleasure. Yeah, it was according to his pleasure. His good pleasure. Uh, but we were chosen but not because of anything in us or of us or through us. It was all according to his pleasure in Christ Jesus, Amen. which was before the foundation of the world, before any of us existed, which is shown to us in a picture form of between Jacob and Esau. Before either one of them had done what? Any good or evil. good or evil that the purpose of God according to salvation stand not works. Lest any man should boast. Yeah, again, lest any man should boast. To whom will God show his glory? You know, it's amazing how God thinks, isn't it? His thoughts are certainly not like ours, mm -hmm. and His ways are not our ways. Amen. And it's all because God intends that that glory, His glory, will always be just yes. where it belongs. Amen. But it's also that it might always be prominently manifest. You see, we are being changed Amen. from glory to glory. To glory. Why? Because in the salvation of God's people, is the manifestation the greatest, most prominent manifestation of God's glory mm -hmm. in His Son, Jesus Christ. But who does He use to do that? The helpless and the hopeless before God in His 
Oh, God helps them that helps themselves. Hmm. Right? Right. That's what they say. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's free will in, in, its, uh, in its glory. Yeah. But you see, that's not the way it is. No. Is it? No. Why would you need God if they can help us? That's... that's the, the logical question, all right now. Hast thou not known, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, findeth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of His understanding. Romans 11, 33, right? Mm-hmm. He giveth power to who? The thing. To the thing. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. And again, and thus the apostle says, when I am weak, then am I strong. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, and increaseth strength. To whom does God show His glory? And the answer is simply to those that He brings down in humility, in weakness. God is not going to show His glory to those that are high and mighty, to them that are haughty, He's going to show His glory to the contrite ones. Do you hate pride? Yes. Yeah, we do. And we hate it most of all in ourselves. Isaiah 57, Hmm. verse 13. When thou Christ let thy companies deliver thee, but the wind shall carry them all away. Vanity shall take them. But he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain and shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up. 
Prepare the way. Take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite ones. Consider to whom God has shown his glory. And it's always, always to the broken and contrite. May God in his everlasting eternal purpose in Christ Subdue us and all of our pride, arrogancy, and bring us to that state of pure humility that we might know Him, the only true God in Jesus Christ. And He gets to that. Amen. To whom will God show his glory? He resisteth the proud.